You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Hello, and welcome to the Refresh Podcast, where we aim to take a deeper dive into our faith and extend the conversation beyond Sunday morning. I'm Jared Cunningham, worship coordinator for Citrus Church and host of the podcast. Since our last episode, we've not only finished the From Anxiety to Peace sermon series, Brian has begun a new series called In the Moment. We all see things are opening back up and vaccines are becoming more available. We've probably also realized that as things begin to open up, our schedules and calendars are beginning to fill back up. And as our schedules fill back up, we find ourselves becoming busier. And as Brian put it, we are left with the question, how do we keep what we've learned in this season? Or said another way, how can we retain these habits we've either picked up or put aside over the past year? Or... Perhaps an even scarier question, what is important? Which leads me to the subject of today's episode. In a short New Year episode posted on January 1st, 2020, I quoted the book of Ecclesiastes, specifically Ecclesiastes 3, which in my Bible is called the mystery of time. I thought it was interesting because it pointed out just about everything we experience as human beings. And since that episode, I've wanted to go back and do an episode on the book as a whole. I thought it would be a good idea to read a book on Ecclesiastes, as well as reading the book of Ecclesiastes. So in this, and more than likely the next episode, a lot of what I'll talk about comes from a book entitled Why Everything Matters, The Gospel of Ecclesiastes by Philip Ryken. In the last refreshed episode, I talked about the life of King Solomon. Now, The reason I took the time to talk about Solomon was because he is presumed to be the author of the book of Ecclesiastes, and that kind of comes from a few things. First, Ecclesiastes 1.1 says, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. And second, there are multiple verses that refer to this teacher attaining wisdom, building great architectural feats, such as maybe a temple, and gathering great possessions, all pointing towards Solomon. But I say presumed because it's also thought that Ecclesiastes could be written by a prophet who's using Solomon as the example for the book. But anyway, for the next few minutes, I want to focus on the first three chapters of Ecclesiastes. Since it would take a while to read them all, I'll do my best to summarize the three chapters. Following the introduction of the teacher, we see what becomes one of the repeated phrases in the book. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 2 reads, Absolute futility, says the teacher. Absolute futility. Everything is futile. In the Common English Bible, it says pointless instead of futile. So I'll be using that from now on. In the first half of chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, the teacher talks about elements of nature itself. The sun rises and the sun sets. The wind comes and goes. Streams flow to the sea, yet the sea is never filled. And how there is nothing new under the sun and everything has existed in some form over time. In the second half of chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, the teacher explains how he applied his mind to study everything that is done under the sun and and found it all to be pointless. A pursuit of the wind, another phrase that appears throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. I know, such a cheery book so far. In chapter 2, the teacher goes into some specifics on what he studied under the sun. He tested himself with pleasures like wine. He increased his achievements by building houses and planting vineyards. He acquired servants and livestock. 
He brought in singers to entertain himself. He collected more treasure and valuables than any other ruler before him. When he thought about all he had pursued, he called it pointless. He even considered the work he had done was even pointless. He goes a step further by acknowledging that all the work he had done would soon be left to someone else when he was gone. Lastly, in the first half of chapter 3, the mystery of time section that I mentioned earlier, the teacher explains that there is a time for everything under the sun. I won't read everything, but trust me, he lists everything that we experience in one form or another throughout our lives. It says things such as there is a time to plant and uproot, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to dance, a time to be silent and a time to speak, and a time for many more things. At the end of this list, the teacher asks, what does the worker gain from his struggles? There's a struggle involved in every life event he mentions in this list. Keeping in mind that the work we do and the accomplishments we make could be left to someone else. Now, as I said, and as you've probably realized, Ecclesiastes is not a very cheery book. And knowing what we've come to understand about God, along with what we've seen in the New Testament, Ecclesiastes almost seems like it shouldn't be in the Bible, like it goes against everything we've learned. Especially because most of the book describes many of our day-to-day actions, like working, getting accomplishments, or simply trying to find pleasure or enjoyment in life as being pointless. It describes everything as pointless, and that depends on your translation. Reichen puts it this way. Reading Ecclesiastes quickly makes us feel even worse than we did before. So, where does that leave us? If everything is pointless, what's the point? Believe it or not, it actually leaves us in a pretty good place. The teacher describes everything under the sun as being pointless. However, in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 24 through 26, the teacher explains what makes life worthwhile. And it says there is nothing better for a person to do than to eat, drink, and enjoy his work. I have seen that even this is from God's hand. Because who can eat and who can enjoy life apart from him? For the person who is pleasing in his sight, he gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. In other words, it is pretty difficult to try and enjoy life apart from God. And once we understand how our joys come from God himself, we can fully experience simple pleasures as God intended. We experience laughter as a gift. Walking through a garden allows us to experience his creation. Riken points out that even enjoying wine lawfully and without taking it too far is a gift of God. Philip Riken also says, we have a savior who looked at all the futility and frustration we suffer in this fallen world and chose to suffer it with us and for us so that he could actually do something about it. While on earth, Jesus dealt with temptation and many of the day-to-day things that the teacher points out in chapter three, the same things we face. Jesus came to the world to show us how to live and Jesus brought new life into the world so that we might see what was important and how we could experience God's gifts. From the first impressions of reading the opening chapters, Ecclesiastes paints a bleak picture of life in the world. However, I believe the teacher is showing how God not only adds the color to that picture, he shows us what matters. But to wrap things up, I hope you found this episode to be useful or enlightening in some way. I've had this episode in mind in one form or another for almost a year and a half now, so it's nice to finally sit down and go for it. As I said earlier, I believe there may be a part two for Ecclesiastes, maybe even a part three. I'm not 100% sure yet. 
But in the meantime, if you haven't already, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And while you're on Facebook, join the Citrus Church Grove Facebook group. It is a great way to connect with others. You can also join us on Sundays at 1030 in person at Summer Lake Elementary, where we are moving indoors or online through Facebook. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.